This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Well, hello again, Slurds. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is the 204th episode of the show now. And this week, it's a creator corner. Now, the creator that I cornered in this episode happens to be a return guest. Uh, (laughs) Sean Lewis. Oh yeah, I had Sean Lewis not too long ago on the show to talk about thumbs. Thumbs blew me the heck away. Um, we, we went, <laughs> the, the, the guy's amazing. So uh, my point to all this is, this rambling, is that if you're looking for the, hey, wh- what about the, when did you get started in this business? And tell me about the bumps along the way. That's all in part one. On this return, we're just catching up, man. And boy, it was, I think it's been four, five months, maybe, maybe, yeah, about, I'd say about five months since we were on the show. And in those five months, a lot has happened, so this is this is just a, an ultra interesting conversation. Um, before we jump all all up in that, I got to talk about one of my beloved sponsors, and that'd be Hooked on Comics. Hooked on Comics, brought to you by NSCLiveTV.com, your home for the best in auction action. Hooked on Comics just so happens to be some of that amazing auction action. Now you tune in Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays at 5 Eastern, Saturdays at 7 Eastern, and you're going to get bin books, meaning buy it now. You're going to get awesome auctions. Um, Also throughout the week, you're going to get $5 shows. It's just... It's just great content. John and Mary really know how to bring you great books, and they ship promptly. They uh, everything is minty, fresh when you open it up. I, I'm uh, I, I could say that because I receive packages from them about weekly now at this point. They got me, and it's not because they pay me to say it. <laughs> they were just as surprised to see me pop in as anyone else. Uh, so. Uh, hooked on comics, man. And now, where do you find them? You find them on nsclivetv.com. You could find them on the uh, on Facebook. So just Google or Facebook Google. I don't know what the proper terminology is there. <laughs> uh, um, hooked on comics. Or you could find me retweet. Not you don't tweet in Facebook. Uh, uh, reposting. No, that's Instagram. Sharing, sharing. <laughs> Their, uh, their, their streams as they go up as well on the Cheers to Comics Facebook group page. So, check them out, Tuesdays, Saturdays. Now, without further ado, I bring to you an awesome return interview with the one and only, the sensational Sean Lewis. 
All right, Sean Lewis, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm so stoked to have you back. I, I wasn't. I guess it, I I lose track of time. It was a couple weeks before Thumbs uh, hit and trade paperback that we had you on, and uh, I don't remember how long ago that was. At this point, it seems like decades, but it could have just been four months, five months, something like that. Yeah, it would have been January. Like we, it would have been like a, like last week of January. Oh, okay, yeah. So right around that time, about five months then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Feels like so much longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot's happened. A lot's happened. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, so crazy. It's, it's it's a whole new world now. Kind of like Thumbs was predicting in some way, but um, uh, just <laughs> not not to the same extreme extent. Or uh, yeah, but uh, at the same time, yeah, there's definitely definitely some some future some future stuff happening here <laughs> this, yeah, is, it's, this it's, is crazy it's funny it's funny because i'm usually like super super pessimistic and with like one of my best friends at the beginning and like right around when you and i talked he was like how, how are you guys doing and i'm like you know i'm gonna be really positive this year this is gonna be positive 2020 that's gonna be my my motto and my mantra <laughs> and then just like each week i was like man this is really getting tested this, this idea is really not coming the way i thought it Oh, dude! I've said the word "silver linings" more time than I've said my name in the in, the, in 2020. Like it's, I'm trying so hard to stay positive. I it, it's it it is a struggle for sure. But I'm um, that, I'm glad to hear that though. I feel like that's the biggest fight at this point. Is just like are people able to even keep a positive mindset? Yeah, well, because at this point you got to figure out what the hell to focus your positivity on because there's so many things going on. Um, and uh, everything from, you know, the obvious corona effect and uh, how that is in some way, shape, or form slowly crippled or started to cripple the comic book industry or at least a direct market as we know it. So, I mean, this is all just in a matter of a few weeks, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what, do we, what do we focus on? Do we focus on... Uh, you know, keeping the con. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, I could. I could just create an endless list of things to focus on. So, uh, staying positive. Anybody that can do it right now, I, I. I commend you because if there were ever a time to just break down and say, "Fuck it, this sucks," I mean, I can't think of a better time in my lifetime. It's definitely. Uh, if you want to turn in the chips, this is. This is definitely giving you enough reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, um, personally, how has this affected you? I mean, we all know that the con circuit is essentially just closed down. Uh, were you someone that really relied on the, the con circuit? I know it's mostly an artist thing as far as financially goes, but as far as writers go, that's, that's where, you know, magic is made and, you know, relationships are born and things like that with their peers. So is this something that, you know, is, is uh, I don't know, is it kicking your ass in that way? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in some ways, for sure. I mean, you're, you're right. Like, the, the money is made by artists at conventions more than, like, I, I don't know if writers are making money at conventions, I, I need to talk to them and ask how. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of, like, ongoing work, being able to get, like, FaceTime, you know, so much is done by email that, like, there's so many times that, like, you'll put a book out and, you know, yeah, the first week of a book coming out can usually be pretty exciting, like, because, you know, everyone's excited. There's a lot of press. It's new comic book day. Everyone's tweeting and showing pictures. And, like, every once in a while, an editor will reach out to you and be like, hey, I I heard about your book today. I decided to pick it up on the lark. And uh, we should talk about you doing something at our publisher, which is always, like, 
awesome, like the most exciting part of it. Like I don't, I don't have to hustle for that. Like, um, but it always is intensified by going to the con, right? Because that's all done by email. So actually being able to sit down across another human being and be like, yeah, I'm Sean, I'm the guy who wrote it, and you were in such and such, the editor at this place, and, and like, what are you into? So you can get to know who each other are as a person. I feel like that's where you really get to understand like what type of book works at a publisher um, that wouldn't work at other publishers, and also like those types of relationships where you're like, oh, as an editor, like you're somebody I would jam with. Like, like we can make something really cool, or vice versa. It's times where you're like, this is not gonna be good. <laughs> like, like, I don't think I think you're great, but I don't think we're gonna know how to make a book together. So not having the cons to be able to have that FaceTime, it's, it's hard. Yeah. it's definitely hard. It's so much harder to pick up vibes over email, man. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's because for all you know, the, someone else is dictating a message. You know, I, I've just doing this podcast. I mean, I a lot of times before I get the creators on the phone, I'm talking to assistants or publicists and, and stuff before I ever I ever even get to talk to the creator. So, I mean, you don't know who's dictating these messages. I mean, you would like to think that, you know, if you're trying to pitch an idea to a, a peer and a creator, they're not uh, di dictating your message away <laughs> to someone else. You would like to hope, but, you know, we all know that with an everything great, there's always a bunch of shitheads trying to mess things up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I... I, I I feel really bad for all creators right now uh, about the con circuit, and you know, not, I, I'm a guy that I love shaking the hands of the people that make the things that I love. So as a fan, it sucks, but as someone that has kind of developed a relationship on a a, a little bit different level than most people, I, I, I'll go ahead and say it, I'm privileged as a podcaster to develop these relationships. You should see my Skype contact list, dude. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> all the greatest creators but um it's uh it really hurts me to know that the the creators themselves they don't always get the acknowledgement they deserve as well uh, uh that's the other thing is you know fans coming up and saying holy shit i love this or you yeah. seeing that they have a stack of your books that they've spent their money on um, you know, cause you could shoot out you know a tweet all day and stuff gets lost in the ether cuz i mean who knows what's being filtered out there? Even if you you want to answer every single fan out there, that doesn't mean that Twitter's going to allow you to see every single comment coming your way. Right. I mean, so it's it's just it's so different. So, yeah, um, I I I feel for the creators. That that's that's for sure because it hurts on so many levels, whether it's financially, create creatively, or just um, uh, the, getting the acknowledgement that they deserve. It's those cons are important, man. They are, you know, I think also for indie creators, I don't know if fans would even realize this, but they should. Like, that person that you mentioned, right, that shows up with a stack of books, you know, when you're doing indie books, the money is so variable. And the difference between having a hit book and a not-hit book, like, sometimes those lines are, are pretty small. And it can be really demoralizing, right? Because how many books do you get the opportunity to put out a year? That having someone show up who's, like, who really loves the work Honestly, if you've had a shit year, like you had a book come out and it didn't do what you thought and the money has not been great, that can that can definitely be the thing that makes you go, no, I'm going to make another book. Like, there's people out there reading. Like, I'm communicating with somebody. Because when it's not going well, you're like, am 
I just throwing this shit into a void? You know, like, like right. is, it just, is it just like going off into nowhere and no one really cares? Or is it just collectors who are buying the first issue but they don't actually read it or like it? And when you meet people who are like, I love this book, this like, are you making more? Or I bought everything that you've done. Or are you going to collaborate with this person again? Like, everything you've done with them has been so exciting. It definitely like, can be that kind of kindling that you need in downtimes as, as a creator, for sure. Like, Oh, absolutely, because if you're... Well, I, I just want to add to that. If you're looking for social media feedback, most of the time people only turn to social media to say things they don't like about things. It's very rare that people are praising comic books on social media. Um, so, I mean, it's... It, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's that's the, the shitty truth about it. At least that's, that's what I see. Um, but, yeah, no, so it's... You, you, you do need that, that physical... Face to face type of situation. Um, I, I've been seeing uh, it's kind of becoming more and more of a thing now. Even San Diego Comic Con said they were going to do it and host it for free for that matter, but they're doing like the digital convention type of thing. Is that anything that you've been trying to take on? Because you could still kind of create a dialogue within the you know the chats and all that, um, depending on you know the the platform that you're on. But uh, yeah, you know, Ryland Grant, um, who, who writes Banjacks and Action Lab, he's a friend of mine. So he did a he did a virtual con about a month ago and he he did it with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so like, like so I was part of his panel for that and that was like really fun. So um, you know, like so things like that have been like there's been invitations that have come through from people for that and I'm like, of course. I mean any chance you get to talk to fans is is uh, is great. And and also any chance you get to help out people that are passionate and putting on events that are tied to the industry, like, we're kind of all we have, you know? I think that's a great point, because right now comic book stores are really all creators have. And Absolutely. those are, I mean, the, the, the knees are getting <laughs> uh, clubbed on comic book stores right now, so creators got to find different outlets. And with, you know, they're not being physical conventions being a thing at least for the remainder of this year for the majority of most um you know cities uh yeah no it's uh creators have no choice but to kind of venture out but i'm finding that i i, I don't get me wrong i love shaking a hand of a creator and having them see face to face like dude I, I love this stuff this i want you to sign all of these blah 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 um, but, uh, I, I still found it to be just as awesome on both ends. I mean, cause I, like I said, I hosted one, I did a CyberCon with, uh, Ryland Grant and David Pepos. And, um, I, I've seen, you know, I've, I've watched every other one that I've seen pop up and I get a kick out of them. When I see one of those 48 hour conventions going on, I'm glued to my phone. Cause I mean, it's. I don't know if it's just because I'm fiending for <laughs> the the convention type of interaction, or I I'm actually attracted to this type of situation. So I am finding them to be successful for the most part. So I don't know if we're gonna. I, I hate using the phrase "new normal," but I don't know if this is going to be a new normal. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I this is like he's been saying this whole time. It's crazy shit right now. Lots of change. Well, I mean, I guess you know. I do hope in some ways, like, well, I'm a big podcast fan, so I listen to, I listen to a lot of everything, you know, because whenever I'm running or doing housework or anything, if I, if I don't have my kid with me, I usually have headphones on, and 
one thing that's been exciting for me is just seeing how many creators that haven't normally done podcasts have started to do podcasts, like showing up as guests. Because I feel like that's just such a, it's, it's both an amazing resource to hear those people talk about the business. And it's, and also just like as a fan of their work, a lot of time I'm like, I don't usually get to talk, hear like Bendis, you know, talk about a run of his books. Or like, I'm loving it, like Immortal Hulk. I want to hear how you, like, I want to mm-hmm. know what's going on in that dude's brain. And so I'm like, oh, I hope that if anything, this has made people who might have been less comfortable with doing things like that, like, much more uh, willing to. Oh, uh, you, you you were saying you love hearing the uh, the the um, what Al Ewing was saying. Uh, you know, it's you're you're a fan of listening to these these creators speak as well. Yeah, I love hearing all the creators. So like, I'm hoping that that becomes that becomes more constant. I also feel like, at least on the creator side, I, I do think that this is. I hope it has been a wake up call of how dependent we are not just on the fans but the stores. Because I just. You know, it's comics is kind of like a family in the sense that you can really easily take each other for granted. If you, know, you get so comfortable with how the exchange goes that it's like you forget, like, no, like our <laughs> our our lifeblood are these stores and the fans, and like you can't have this business without these things. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. And as I mean, uh, the, obviously things, the, the lifeblood in the stores are, uh, things are starting to clot to, to keep it metaphorical uh, yeah. because it's, it, uh, man, uh, we all know how the big two is, is and is not handling this, this whole situation. Um, but I feel like the indies right now are the ones really prevailing in this situation i feel like they're the ones looking the strongest they're the least amount of cancellations uh at least that they're announcing uh the indies are just pretty much saying look we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna keep publish or pushing this stuff out meanwhile marvel and dc are gonna be at each other's throats and i you know uh, companies like scout are coming through and doing self-publishing to both uh stores and individuals um, so, I mean, I know that you're obviously an indie guy, you're big over at Image, uh, is there, I mean, I don't know how much you could say about anything, but is there any, what kind of plans is Image doing, I mean, to, to, to stay in this game? I mean, you know that they're working hard, they're grinding gears to, they're not going anywhere, they're still I'm, soliciting books. I mean, I'm always going to trust in Eric Stevenson, I just think he's brilliant, you know, like, I have my entire career because of him, but also, like, I've gotten that to know him so much better over the past, I guess it's been five years since I started out. And, um, you know, the way he thinks about comics, even before this type of thing happens, he's always thinking about how to innovate and, like, what's going to be the next thing around the corner and how to not stay stagnant and how to not get caught in certain ways. I mean, the indie's also... So, like, I just trust that he's... I don't know exactly what he's planning, but I, I know that that guy lives, breathes, eats comics, and it's like a walking encyclopedia in history. You know, which is helpful, right? Just like knowing the history to kind of look at, like, okay, what what's the good or bad decision right now? And I think with the Indies too, you know, one thing that people don't like we forget at times is like um, they have smaller staff, so they can also pivot way quicker when these these things happen. I do think like mm-hmm. part of the problem, I think, sometimes with some of the bigger conglomerates or, or or what's perceived as a problem is just like there's a lot of people to answer to before you can actually get a yes to do with it. Right, like even if you know the thing you should do, it's like 
we're still waiting for like our parent company. We're waiting for larger entities to say, you can do this. I mean, I think, I think, and also the Indies, you know, are much more vulnerable when this happens. Because if your circulation of your books, you know, there's some independent publishers that their circulation for a, a title, you know, it's not rare for them to have a lot of their books come in under 10,000, under seven or 5,000 copies per month, right? For a, for a, for a good title, for a quality book. Um, as each store, if stores start closing, you know, those numbers start to really drastic. It's not like a Marvel or DC book that's been running at 50,000 copies. It's like, ah, you know, we've seen some losses of stores, so that 50,000 is now coming in at 46. If you're a company that's like, we need, a, we need about 6,000 copies of this book each month to keep our, our, company, like our cash flow going. If you lose 4,000 in sales because of stores closing, you don't exist. Exactly. Like, you, you just can't. Um, I mean, I think that's, I, I mean, one thing I'm hoping is that creators and companies start to collaborate a bit more on, on letting people know about. It's tough, right? Because you're in competition with each other as you're putting books out. That can, yeah, but I mean, it's, share, but I'm like, we have to, like, it's a necessity. Right, and I mean, anybody that's doing this for the right reason, we should all have the same common goal in mind, and that's just to get stories in hands. Yes. You know, it, 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 I'm so tired of he, or, uh, saying this, but it should not be us versus them. It should just be we. We could, yeah. you know, it's. I'm so tired of having to, to say that because, it, ugh. Uh, man, it's it, this is frustrating. Uh, it really is because they're all just trying to do the, the the same goal in mind. Or I don't know, maybe they're not anymore. At least when it comes to Marvel and DC, maybe all they see now is money. But when it comes to indies, if the indies at the very least can come together and find this common way to make things, you know, available to where they can survive, I. I I don't know, man. This is... I mean, I think you're uh, going to see it. I do think you're going to see more collaboration between indie publishers because I think in some ways you're already seeing it, right? Like, um, I think it was this past week, Vault and Heavy Metal um, started to collaborate on doing some of the covers of Vault comics as, like, trading cards. You know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting thing. That's something Heavy Metal can do that Vault can't. But Vault has these qualities like books and covers that they've been spending so much time on. Tim Daniels is a great designer that like they've been focusing on. It's like, oh, that's a really easy uh, collaboration. And I do wonder like how much more of that you might see of, of indie publishers figuring out. Maybe, you know, people always think that collaboration is going to mean like our universe matches your universe, right? Like it's going to be the Valiant and Image universe in a big event. I'm like, I don't know if that's what it will be. I don't, like, that's so hard to pull off. You know, no, and I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect anything like that to, to, to happen. But as far as to come together on a distribution level and just say, look, you know, I mean, we, we, we don't have to necessarily combine all properties, you know, make everything available to everyone. And, you know, that, that, that's just asking for so much, but um, or even para team ups for that matter. Like you said, image and value. No, I think about that. that sounds sexy as hell. But uh, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, those no, are all. I mean, as fans, we're always in love with the thing, the impossible thing, right? Like the the idea of the DC Marvel team up is always exciting. Or an image, like any time you hear that. Like, I think I was hearing about like when 
like Black Hammer is doing like a, a Justice League crossover. Yes. Like, oh, that's fucking amazing. I have no idea what that even means, but I love the idea of it. Yeah, um, well, dude, I, I dig the, the DC Hanna-Barbera crossovers. Right. I mean, just crossing over universes is always just fun, even if it's two things that you would never really be into. Um, just, I mean, those books are really good, too. I mean, the, the DC Hanna-Barbera, like... Oh, dude, the Mark they're, they're amazing. Book, like, it's just amazing. Like, yep. It's also great because it's allowed... In a, in a way, it allows it... It takes some pressure off, I think, in that way, because it's like... Well, we know this isn't a traditional Hanna-Barbera because of how it's being done. It's not a traditional DC, so we can kind of let it be the best version of what it just is, which is, which is kind of what we're all really wanting. Yep. Yeah, and that's to me, that's what comics should be. Is just I wouldn't say always giving the fans what they want, but I mean yeah. trying to make the fans happy. Because the, most of the time the fans don't know what we don't know what the we don't know what we want. That's what you guys are for. <laughs> you're, you're here to yeah. give us what we want. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, I do feel like you know Twitter exacerbates you know the the creator fan animosity sometimes, which I never fully understand because I'm like, well, we're making the work. Yes, I write a book for me, but if I really believe solely in that, I would never show it to anyone but myself. You know, right. Um, and I think the fans, you know, they're, <laughs> I mean, yes, it can be, I, it's very frustrating when a fan's just like, this isn't what I want, your thing is shit. <laughs> but there's also... Well, so then a, make what you want. <laughs> that, that's, that's every time, and that's my answer every time to that argument. Then you make it. I, oh, you don't have the talent. Then shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy to do. I can't write, oh, I, I've, I've, seriously, I, without exaggerating, I've read, 2,000 comics in the last 18 months, and I still don't know how to write a fucking comic book. So I'm not sure it's. What I do. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I could tell you on behalf of uh, ev- everybody that you, you do. You do. You got it, man. <laughs> You've, I, just, uh, I, I, I love Phil Hester, who, who, you know, he's worked on Swamp Thing. He was a buddy out in Iowa, and, you know, he's constantly, he's been in this year, in the business forever, and I love, I love him and I love his work so much. I, mean, I always appreciate he's always posting on Twitter, like, He's like, I think today he was even talking about Scott McCloud's book. He's like, I, I want to make a book that's called How to Have a Career in Commerce Without Having Ever Understood That. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> I kind of get that. I get where you're coming from. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we're on the same page with that. It's just like, at the end, I think everybody just wants excitement and kind of joy. Like, we all got into this because at some point, a comic surprised us in a way that other media didn't. Right, that it was like, like I didn't know that a piece of paper could do this. Like I still love that about it. It's like, like just how a turn, a page turn, I can be like, holy shit, they did that. And I'm like, but I'm also part of it, right? I'm, I'm physically turning the pages. And so I mean, we're all just kind of still chasing that. Oh, I, I, and it's not like that's much of a chase these days. Cause last night I scared the shit out of my family turning <laughs> the pages in Daredevil. I turned the pages in Daredevil. I was like, what the what? And they were like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, that was, I still get it. I get it all the time, actually. It's not like, oh, what's the one book this week that's going to get me excited out of the, the 15 that I picked up? No, man, this is, uh, uh, no, well, I think. I think you're how, on a bigger thing that it's like, there's so much amazing work right now, which is daunting because you're, you're competing with so many great artists and great books. Right? Like, I'm aware of that every time I'm now at the same time it's frustrating because i'm like i don't 
think I know for a fact that people don't realize what they're missing out if they're not reading comics right now. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just so many incredible books that I'm like, I like when people ask me for recommendations or like parents at, at like uh, some of the, the dads and a couple of moms too at like my my kids' preschool and they find out I read comics, they're like, I, I read a couple of, I, I haven't in a long time. What can you recommend? And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Like. <laughs> Like, you mean that came out this week, or do you mean all time? Like it's it's endless to tell you what's really good right now. Oh oh yeah no there's uh, I it takes me an hour to talk about five or six books that I like. I mean don't I, I when people ask me do you have a recommendation? It's my brain goes into overload. Like I start shaking and smoking and it's <laughs> I, I I have a thousand recommendations. So yeah no it's uh oh. Uh, it's I don't know I, 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 it's good times to be a comic book fan right now so that's why I scoff at anybody that's bitching on Twitter I'm like just pick up another one you'll oh, find yeah. one you like you know that's you don't a, need that's a... actually a good model of it it's like I didn't even thought about that it's like people would get so into like you don't you don't love a medium or you don't do this but it's just it would be so easy to just say like go pick up another book it almost makes me wonder I'm like ah could you do exchanges like but that could get really abusive. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that that's where things get sour. Is yeah, <laughs> those exchanges. Uh it, it's 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 so toxic, man. It's hard. It's it really is a shame that my my favorite form of entertainment is just so toxic. And it's all because of social media, really. If it really just came down to conventions, uh, I'm sorry, a hater, uh, there's very few haters out there, at least, we'll say that, that'll wait in line for an hour to say, I hate you. Um, uh, it's, I would respect it, them so much. Honestly, if somebody waited an hour to talk to me and they always said it's like, hate you, know, there's a level of me that would be like, you know, you're committing. Like, I know this emotion is true. Like, Gut-wrenching to see that that's that's where the attention becomes focused on at that point. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's let's talk positive, man. I mean, we're still not done catching up. Like I said, yeah. it's been an interesting last uh, last few months um, since we've last talked. Uh, I believe uh, two of your properties have now been optioned or picked up. Am I uh, correct on that? Both Coyotes and Thumbs are in development in some way, shape, or form. Or I mean, I'm where. Am I right on that? Did I read something uh, wrong? Coyotes is in development. That's true. That's absolutely nice. true. So that's not even an option. We can't, we're not, I don't know really understand why not. We're not about to talk about it, but we're, we're right about to start to put together the creative team and all that. When those contracts are signed, then I believe it will be a more full announcement. Um, and then um, there's another book I did that, I, because I'm not part of any of the negotiations, I'm not, I can't say anything about what it has Thumbs, ha- Thumbs is in the process. There's, there's been interest. There's, there's offers that come in, but um, we haven't. We haven't made a mutual. 
with those authors. It's just a lot. I mean, what I'm learning is, uh, it's just a, I never realized what a long process is. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really long. Like, I thought it was so much simpler. I would just be like, yeah, we're going to do this TV show. Here's the contract. And everyone agrees and everyone's happy to go out to lunch and stuff. It's, it's not that. It's, it takes months and months and not years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's nice that it's getting that type of, that the work's getting that level of attention. Um, I mean, part of it is that, like, I've had such good creators on the books. For myself and for them, I'm like, oh, it'd be really great for there to be more findings coming in, in on it. And also, some of the books, I'm like, if, if this happened, maybe we'd be able, with some of them, some of them, I think, have true endings. But like a book like Coyotes, there are times when I found I wonder if we could actually start to do like if we could do more issues because I always had more ideas so so it's exciting in that way where are like oh that probably but I'm still like still thinking maybe we can come back to this uh, but yeah thanks I mean it's been it's been an interesting ride trying to figure out that because it's a trip I, I, I couldn't imagine man because I, it's it had to have just all come at once really I mean it's it hasn't been a long time. So, I, mean, I mean, maybe this stuff was in the works and wasn't ready to be announced yet when the when we talked. I'm sure that had something yeah, to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it, Coyote, but... Coyotes has been honestly like a two year thing. I've only started. Oh wow. Two, yeah, I, it might even be a little bit longer than two years. I mean, we we got interest in the book honestly right as it came out, or even right before it came out, and then um, yeah, it's just been a long a long go to find the like producers who were really excited about it we were excited about yeah it's just a, it's an interesting thing because it's it's so many you know it makes sense from the, now that i'm going through it and the frustrations go through like there's just it's like what we're talking about with the big companies right there's just so many people to make happy and, mm-hmm. and there's so many little pieces to fit in every spot for a thing to feel right because you can get somebody and you're like yeah they're going to be the director and then like three months later, you're hearing like, actually, they took a movie, so they're they're no longer on it. And you're like, but haven't we been working with them on for like the past four months? And they're like, yeah, we're gonna have to find somebody new. <laughs> you're like, uh. oh my god, okay, where do we? Do, how do we do that? Um, so luckily, I have, I have some really great representatives who are very patient. It's not a world I know it. I I, mean, I live in upstate New York. I'm as far away from that business as humanly possible. Well, not humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Far enough. Um, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 interesting for sure. We'll see. We'll see as it keeps going how exciting or debilitating it actually. <laughs> well, I know I look forward to to catching all of your stuff on on, on screen, man. I mean, I'm I always prefer the comic book medium over anything, but yeah. anytime something gets made. That other people, the, the the majority and the masses are going to see because we all know comic books are way undervalued and appreciated. Uh, so Absolutely. many people still don't know that Lock and Key is a fucking comic book. Is that you true? Know, so, oh, so a lot of people don't know that, man. I, it blows me away. It blows me away the conversations I have, um, and with so many other indie things out there. So, I mean, uh, beyond the obvious, you know, Marvel and or Disney and AT and T movies are going to be put out there, and I'm gonna put it just like that now at&t movies 
they're gonna be put out there. Um, it's uh, uh, no, it, when an indie gets gets a gets a shot on screen, man, it it it's so exciting because I mean we're all kind of waiting for the next Walking Dead sensation. You know, yeah. we all want we're all looking for a shit ton of thumbs merch to buy, man. Give me some thumbs pops. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> we seriously, it's uh <laughs> that that's what it takes for things to really, you know, create it to really or you know, get what they deserve is for and it's sad that that's what it is. Yeah, it has I, to, I think it's I think it's also good to remember because I think it's also something that the, the industry actives, actively and actually needs, right? Like whether people are fans of The Walking Dead or not, like God, that helped the industry, right? Like so many more people started going into stores and became readers because of that book and started looking for other books. That it's like when it's an interesting thing that's weird to me. Like I, I wish that the Marvel movies. And I might be wrong, I don't know the numbers on it, but it doesn't feel like they've created, for the amount of books, for the amount of tickets they sell, it just doesn't feel like they've created that many new readers, at least at the brick and mortar store level, which I wish hmm. they did. No, uh, I, I actually agree with you on that because um, I'm somebody that, you know, I actually, I, I work in my, my day job, I work in a comic book store and I, I do it just so I can monitor this industry. That's how sick I am. Um, <laughs> I do it just so I can have a closer eye on how things are, you know, what's what's being sold, what people are asking about, what's not being sold, things like that. I just like to have my finger on the pulse. Um, so these, these, uh, uh, you are 100% right. Uh, I think the only thing that spiked in sales, uh, is Black Panther. Um, they announced a Black Widow movie, a Black Widow comic came out and issue one still sitting on the new book rack. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, uh, Mar Marvel, they don't care about selling books. Uh, they, they really don't as far I mean they don't care about making movies to sell books is what I mean to say I, I gotta clear that up um, so it, yeah they, they they create books to gain interest in movies more than anything but it just that's it's so backwards because <laughs> I don't know I don't know it, it, it's no they're gonna have to start incorporating characters that they have just developed recently and because they kind of used up all the you know the the what the legacy characters right. you know they're gonna have to start bringing in you know riri and all of these yeah the people that, that just being brought up you know i i give it five years before we see cosmic ghost rider on the screen you know right. just because they're gonna need something um so yeah i think that's why so much is being produced through marvel is they're just trying to you know they're playing the law of averages if we put out 100 books a month one of them's gonna catch on fire and Hopefully, you know, right. if we put out, introduce 60 new characters a year, two of them are going to be worth the shit. And I mean, I'm not saying those are the real numbers, but I'm pretty sure that's just the odds that they're willing to play because they have the money to do that. Right. Image can't do that. Boom, Dark Horse, they can't do that. They can't just put out a bunch of, uh, I just barely thought out ideas. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna get it's gonna get harder. I mean, I think. I do, I do wonder and worry about that because as orders get tighter because money gets tighter, the way it just falls down is that each of those publishers is going to be able to only put out those books. Right? Like that's that's going to be the fallback. 
Yeah, well, uh, what what I'm starting to find is books are ordering less and less for the shelf, and they're really only ordering um, for their their the subscribers. So that yeah. that that hurts people that don't know about these books. You know, that any person that's just uh, not a weekend or a Wednesday warrior, but just a casual, oh, that cover of Thumbs looks amazing. I'm gonna pick that up. Uh, you know, it's and then get blown away once you read it. But if you know you're going through and you're just reading a previews catalog, a diamond catalog, and you're just uh, thumbs right after Spawn, you know, you're looking at Spawn cover A through L, and then thumbs, one cover, and then uh, 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 Walking Dead right after that. I mean, it was just whatever it may be. Uh, <laughs> books like thumbs and these, these ones that aren't super hyped, that have a buttload of money being put out they're 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 gonna have a less of a chance of getting known by uh, a casual reader um and there's not enough people out there that are warriors like i am most people most people are casual readers so yeah no this is a uh, this this is very very scary for for indie books in that manner just because yeah. of this the state that shops are in and it's all economics it's not like the books are bad all of a sudden you right. know it's <laughs> I, I, I try telling the, the shops, like, come on, I'm telling you, if you order these books, I'll fucking sell them for you. I, I will. I will sell these books. You don't have to worry. I mean, don't order 50 of them, but just get some shit on the shelf, and I'll talk them up. I'll sell them. I've been doing it for years. This is what I do. <laughs> well, and also, like, that, is, that is the absolute truth. People don't realize it, how indie books get sold. They are hand-sold items. Like, yep. that, is, that is massive. Like, I've seen it. That has literally been, like, the success of my career there's, there's not a lot of marketing money that goes towards that. I don't even know where you can market towards it. Like, the deal and coyotes and bums, like, they've all been sold by shops themselves. It's all yeah, no, it's uh, the even even Marvel and DC comics aren't putting out advertisements on billboards or buses, not for their right. comics, you know, and. There's no amount of finances holding them back from doing things like that. So no, comics aren't advertised unless you get that diamond catalog. Uh, you don't know what the hell's coming out. You know, most people they don't they don't even know what an FOC is. So they right. they, they they don't know until it comes out. And that this is what what shops need to realize. And I understand they're cutting back. You know, to to skim or to to you know <laughs> decrease any type of um option to you know not have <laughs> or lose out on money is what i'm trying to say sorry my words are escaping me right now uh but uh yeah no it's uh but they're they're hurting the industry even more by not giving readers an opportunity to want to subscribe to number two right you know, that's that's the that's the flip side to that coin so uh, i i don't know man i don't know it's uh it's frustrating it makes me excited to put a book out of <laughs> well, you know, let's talk about this book you coming or you got coming out because, uh, dude, I'm I, I don't if they close every shop between now and the time this book comes out, like I will do everything I can to this book will be in my hands. Um, I know how you deal with things when it comes to comics. I know how you write books. Uh, bliss. Let's. Uh, I've I've got a trillion answers. Or uh, I have no answers. I got a trillion questions, <laughs> but I'm not expecting a trillion answers because. I don't want anything spoiled for me. Sure. Um, so I'll I'll let you go ahead and give the the listeners 
the rundown on what this book is because if I tried to talk with my stupid words, uh, it's mm, uh, so I, I, I'm gonna. Uh, this is an opportunity for the creator himself to, <laughs> oh, please tell the people what sure. this book is. I mean, um, and it's most simple. I mean, I think they, the way they've been marketing it has been uh, American Gods and it's Breaking Bad. Um, it's it's basically the story of a man named Benton whose son is sick. And in order to save his son and to make enough money for it, he starts to work for some drug dealers as kind of their heavy. Um, the thing is, these drug dealers are not of our normal birth. They are... Uh, kind of like demigods that are working for the goddess Leth, who in mythology is the goddess of oblivion. She's, she's the person who takes memory from you. Um, if you went into the river Leth, you, when you would raise your head out of the water, you would no longer have, you'd be like a blank slate. Um, so, so Benton starts off working for these people and, and being their, basically their hitman. And um, it's kind of seen the society rot in a new way around him. So what happens basically when people no longer have memories to kind of make them behave correctly or to make them have a conscience or to make them remember fear, pain, or consequence. Um, you know, it started from Caitlin. Caitlin Yarsky, like, I mean, fuck me. Caitlin's work in this book is is utterly unbelievable. Uh, Just the teaser... Yeah, the teaser art that I've seen is oh, it's, it's it's mouth-watering, man. Yeah, you know, we Coyotes, um, which is a book that me and her did an image, was her first comic book ever, and um, she was doing amazing stuff at that point. The degree to which she has leveled up is, is it's insane every issue when she gives it to me. What she's doing with panels, all the layers and details, it's just, it's a real pleasure, but... Me and her, and, like when Kyrie's ended, we knew we wanted to do another book together. We started talking about about it, and we both got caught up. You know, I'm a lapsed Catholic, so I got a lot of guilt and shame all the time. <laughs> She's Irish, also I think with some, which means that she must have some Catholic blood in her somewhere. And um, we just started talking about like how people. We got caught up on this really simple concept that everyone's thought about or heard. How, how do people that do this type of thing sleep at night? How do people who you know, shoot up a school, sleep at night, or people who read a retirement fund, or, you know, like, cash checks from Alzheimer's patients, like, how, how are they able to go through their everyday process and just, and be okay? And so we started with that, and then we started going, like, just, like, throwing around ideas, and was like, well, what if they were all taking a drug we didn't know about? Like, what if they just all had access to this one thing called bliss that it erased the bad thing you did? So you didn't have to think about it as you continue to do it. Or if you were doing activities that were you knew were horrendous, you were like, well, I'll take this afterwards. So I'll get the benefit and I don't have to actually dwell on the action. And so that became like a lot of it. And then it, it just started to twist and morph into into other things. Like I think we both, like the other day we were texting each other, we're like, why the fuck did we do this book? It's become so personal for both of us. Um in a way, you know, like the father and son relationship at the center of it, you know, we, we'd started with the large concept. And then as I was trying to find my way in it, I found myself writing a lot about like myself and my own dad in a lot of ways. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this, is, this is where see, I'm going with this. <laughs> see, just from the little teaser video that, uh, that, that I see, um, I, I immediately, I had to ask. I was like, this, this seems like it's, you don't write something like this without it being close to home. So it, it came, I mean, 
it definitely became it. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Like Perry, his son is is really sick as a little kid. Like definitely sick. I was definitely sick as a little kid. Um, my my dad, you know, definitely this this bliss in the book is is drug because like we were we were wrestling concepts of addiction and why do people why do people take opiates? Like me, me and Kate have known people who have had that people close to us who have had that as a problem. It's so destructive. What are you doing? It's like, well, they're trying to forget. So, in, in my case, it was definitely someone who was trying to forget something. My, my dad was an addict, and that was very much him. Like, when my parents got divorced, you know, there's so many times I would go back and visit him, and like, he had like no concept of the last time he'd seen me. Like, I remember visiting him when I was like 21, and the last time I'd seen him before that, I was probably I was 16. I'd gone out for a week, and the whole week he would like introduce me to his friends, and he'd like put his hand by like his waist like you would for like a four-year-old and go like i haven't seen him since he was this tall and i'm just like you saw me five years ago like fucking like what kind of growth spurt do you think i've had in this, <laughs> in this period of time you know that um you know that that stuff started to play into it because you know um i think i was talking about this with somebody the other day is, is they're asking you know i'm a big believer in redemption it's it's redemption and how how are we good? How do we be the best people? The concept of what it is to be good just seems to be, whether I like it or not, it seems to be what almost everything I write about, everything I write ends up being about. And, um, you know, I remember when he passed away, I went to his funeral, and it was this really, and it was in, it's funny, you're in Denver. His funeral was in Denver, and it was this really surreal experience where he had a funeral where people could come up and, like, tell personal stories. And so, like my dad and my, my mom and my dad's my my, my experience and my mom's experience were very particular. Like I remember us having to like literally run away from Denver and being a little bit scared, like being kind of scared of him. You know, some really rough periods. And it was so fascinating. Like we we showed up and like everybody I met at it was like, "Oh, you're Sean. He always talked so much about you. Like he was such a great dad. He loved you so much." And then as people were getting up and doing their speeches. You know, it would just be these stories that people would tell me. They're like, yeah, Rick, he was the kindest, gentlest man. Like, I remember when my daughter was out of work, he came through and he bought a car for both of us. And he would make sure we got everywhere we needed. And it just, it's kind of fascinating for me. My mom had pissed off, like a lot, and rightfully, rightfully so in a lot of ways. Like, I, but I think everyone, you know, everyone has their own personal experiences. I didn't get pissed off as much as like, super fascinated by this other dad I didn't know. Right, where I was like, oh, my entire life he's been a bad guy who like just ignored me and wasn't what I wanted. But there's also this part of him who's almost like the dad I always wished I had. He just happened to do it for other people. So if I take my emotions out of it, it became this fascinating thing where I'm like, it just helped remind me, I'm like, oh, people are not these simple binaries of like, he's you're good or you're bad. I'm like, my dad was good and bad. That's that's interesting. And what is that? What does that mean about? What does that mean about me? So, I mean, long story short, like a lot of, a lot of those kind of ideas, like the larger idea of them, like, like it's not a very navel gazing book, like I was like in that sense, but I think the concepts of what we expect from our parents, our leaders, our heroes versus what we find out they are, but also like it's it's never one thing, like that wrestling match and and how how we deal with things is definitely a, a theme that runs through the book. Wow, man. Um, so, uh, 
This is uh, like uh, uh, the sorry. That was <laughs> the title a lot. of the book's called really... Bliss. The title of the book's <laughs> called Bliss. <laughs> that is uh no that 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 sets me up for sure. That definitely sets me up. Uh, I uh, whew, I, this I I look forward to 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 seeing or hearing this again through your your version of storytelling in the comic. I really do. Um, this this sounds very interesting, and to say that you know you say that Caitlin herself you know is inserting parts of her into this as well. I mean that's this is intriguing stuff, and this is something that you don't get out of Marvel and DC. Uh, you're not gonna get out of that. It's they're not gonna allow something like this. Oh, uh, if, um, if I did this with Iron Man, I would get killed. <laughs> oh, for sure, exactly. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because like one of the one of my favorite runs of Iron Man is Demon in a Bottle. Oh, oh, absolutely. Is I mean, everyone. It's a really fascinating thing because everyone that I know loves that run. And it would be so hard to do it again. And I understand why. Like, I don't even blame them. I'm like, I get all the pitfalls of that, but it's like such a great run of that book. Uh, oh yeah, no. I, as as a diehard Iron Man fan, I I'm not going to argue that in any way, shape, or form. I think it's the only story that Marvel's ever, or Marvel could ever do in that manner. And I think that's why they'll never do it again. It's because yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's even then. I mean, it's it sounds like this the <laughs> bliss goes uh, uh, a little bit further than Marvel would would probably allow. I don't know. It's it seems like it. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely some some drug usage that I would imagine that we're 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 going to be witnessing going on in this. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there's there's crime, there's drugs. I mean, but there's also it's interesting. Like. Um, I think that the Breaking Bad analogy can often get used too much, and I'd say like there's a there's a model level of internal sunshine. Like, I'm personally really obsessed with how memory mm. works. Well, because memory is really fascinating to me in general. Because like I, you know, I, I had a friend um, I went to grad school with, and he wrote this essay I was always obsessed with, and I really related to. That was called Storage Failures. And this great writer named Austin Bunn, and um, basically what it was about it was it, it, basically he has this memory when he was a kid of knocking over a beehive and being attacked by all these bees. And in his memory, everyone helps him except for his dad. And in real life, his dad like leaves the family really soon after. And years later, he, he was like at a family function with his mom. And he's like, yeah, remember when the bees fell on me? And like, yeah, like fucking dad didn't even help me. And his mom was like, what are you talking about? Your dad was actually the first person who came here. And I was just like, and it's just this fascinating thing of like, he's imprinted the memory in a way that's not true, but to him it's been completely true for decades. And yeah, yeah, it's, that's interesting. That No, that's very interesting. That When you play that concept into it, I mean, that is, that's something that you can really run with in a comic book, man. Oh, um, hugely, because we, we think our memories are the truth. Which, it, it's very frustrating and upsetting to kind of think of the idea of like, my memories are, but my memories are subjective, right? And my memories, really only see my memories as long as I keep telling myself that story. And every time I tell it, I'm like reaching back into it and trying to remember details or not. It just keeps shifting and moving. I mean, this is why, like, they say now that, like, when people give my testimony to a crime, it's, it's not even that useful record anymore because it's like the, the memory, you know, memory is just not that sufficient. Um, and so, like, I get intrigued by that because I'm like, we live by our memories. We need it. They are literally the story of us, but they are also like a 
an untrustworthy narrator. Partially fiction. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy to think that our biographies are fiction when you put it in that way, shape, or form. For sure. Okay. I mean, how, how many stories do we tell, right? That, like, I mean, half of what, like, dating and being married to someone, having an intimate relation with someone is telling stories of yourself, right? Like, yeah. like oh, when I was a kid, this thing happened. And even for myself, like, I remember once I told that story, I started thinking, like, how many times have the stories that told changed? Even not willfully, but, like, my perspective over time has changed, so now I'm, like, I thought I was the hero of that story, but I'm actually the goat. I thought I was the goat of that story, but I'm actually the hero. But which one of those is true? Like, like is hmm. the, the, the version that I told when I was 13 about when I was six and that happened, is that true? Or the version when I was 23? Or the version when I was 35? Like, it, 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 it continues to morph. It continues to morph and change. So the way that, like, memory and stories and how we build who we are to the world is... I mean, it's a real, I mean, that's an endless kind of fascination, for, for, just for me in general, is like, we, we spend so much of our time, like, declaring our identities to people. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. And, and it's based a lot of the times on our personal experience, which are our memories. And it's like, well, what if your memories are on a bedrock foundation? Like, what if yeah. they're a bit more, like, malleable, changeable than you, than you even consciously realize? Hmm. This should get everyone to go out and buy the book. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, shit, I'm gonna buy two now. <laughs> no, this is. Uh, I, 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 I really, I wasn't expecting all of this. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Sean. When, uh, when, when I was reading about this, I thought that this was going to be some. All right, when you say American Gods meets Breaking Bad is how it was described. I expected. Uh, a whole lot of drug use with some <laughs> wizards involved, and that's that's from what you've it's described to me. That's not far <laughs> off. I mean, I, I think I think I guess I think about those things more simply. Like it, in the sense of Breaking Bad, it has a level of noir, right? Like there's crime, there's shadows, there is double lives, uh, there is drugs, and there is drug use. But it, I don't even think it'll come across. Me. It's not going to be like Requiem of a Dream because of the way the drug operates. Is. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But the American Gods is mainly just that, like, there's magic. Like, for me, like, game, Gaiman is just saying, like, there's there's magic in this book. There's uh, there's a level, even at times, of the whimsical, and there's definitely a level of, of another, of another um, godly plane that exists in the same place as us. And that's a big part of... That's a big part of Kate. Like Kate and I are both huge Sandman fans. When we started working together, we talked about it all the time. Um, and like her her work itself, like she is at her absolute untouchable best when she's doing fantasy work. Um, and so like when we were building out the book, you know, it's funny. Like the way I work with collaborators, a lot of times like, I, I might be backwards. I don't really fucking know. Like it, it's very rare that I come to an artist and like here's the book, here's my idea. A lot of times, like I've seen some of their art, and I'm like, "Hey, you're. What do you want to draw? Like, what do you think would be really cool to draw?" And so, like with this book, even after having done Coyotes, like, I asked Kate, "What do you want to draw?" And she was like, "I want to have some gods." I was like, "Okay." She was like, nice. I'm, "I'm really." She was like, "I'm really into drawing like animal gods, like turtle gods, and, like hog gods." And I was like, "Okay, man, I'll, I'll figure out how that comes. Like, I'll figure out how, how that plays in this 
this idea. And so we had concepts just starting from like, what if we were dealing with shame and bliss? And people take those drugs, so they can get away with things. And, and there's these gods now, so I have to figure out what, what that means. So it's it's really in terms of like, I think for the reader to understand like, if a noir happened in a book where gods and men both walked pretty evenly on earth, that's that's kind of where the book lives. Um, nice. Is what I would say that that kind of description means at, at its at its real honest core. Oh, that's ex- oh man, that's so fucking exciting, dude. Um, so. When's the book available? I know that the FOC is coming up soon as we record this podcast, yeah. uh, but uh, the actual is date, what is it? The book comes out July 22nd. All right, July 22nd, and as we talked about earlier, uh, you might not get it if you don't order it on the final order cutoff. So what was the FOC date on that one? That's next and week, we'll, right? Yeah, next week it would be the... Would, yeah. That, that would, it would have to be. Um, I always bad. It's the 29th, but I think it's the 22nd. Yeah, I... I uh, 22nd, 23rd, something like that. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah. But just mention it to your store anytime between now and the 22nd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I'm going to make sure that this book is available on the shelf for people to pick up because I proved them... I, I proved them wrong with thumbs last time because it really was. I had to be like, I'm telling you, order this book. Order this book, I'll sell it. Well, now there's no more thumbs in the store. So uh, I appreciate uh, <laughs> it. It, it, do, it does. It does make all the difference. I, I don't think. I mean, that's also where I mean, like, that's a huge thank you for me and also to all the creators because we know we should. If you don't know and you're an indie creator, like your your book is sold solely by people like yourself. Like, it's not ads that are selling it. It's literally someone in the shop has read the book when it came in that week. It's like this one's cool. <laughs> you should check this thing out. Um, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think that I, I could say that in my, my time in comic book retail, my greatest accomplishment was uh, an interaction with Thumbs. And I'm not just saying that. I really mean that. A guy came in and said, I'm looking for something different that I've never read before, both <laughs> visually and story-wise. And I showed him Thumbs 1, and I said, go out and here, you get this. At, at that point, uh, it only they were up to issue 3. Gotcha. And... Um, he went out to his car and read it, and he came back and said, please tell me you have two and three. And I sold awesome. him the last... Yeah, oh, dude, I, it was... It just goes to show, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I have faith in my taste. I, I know I'm not going to push a shitty comic book. I'm really not. Um, so I, I know that Thumbs is different. And as soon as he said, I'm looking for something different that I've never read or seen before... Uh, Hayden Sherman's art and oh, just the, how how deep Thumbs is as a story. I mean, hooked. So if it, it, you have just the slightest bit of flair on Bliss that you did on Thumbs or <laughs> Coyotes, dude, you're 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 golden, man. You're golden. We just got to make sure that people order this book and it's available because right. it is going to sell out. I I have no doubts about it. I really don't. It's it's uh, this sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing, and it's, you've, it's, you've, your, your resume has been built now. Now I could say, well, it's Sean Lewis. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I I congratulate you for one. Uh, you've you've had an awesome career, and just in the last five months or so that we've spoken, major things have happened, or at least been announced, and. Um, I'm I'm super stoked for Bliss. Uh, you, you, now this is going eight issues, right? Is that what I see it slated yeah. for? Eight issues. Yeah. Cool. 
All right, so this is this one's a little bit longer than thumbs. Thumbs is only yeah, four, so. I really, I really, I really want that out of the books more, more and more going forward. I mean, thumbs was a little bit of a different experience because we were we were doing basically like 54, 60 pages. An issue, which everyone, everyone was just like, you're out of your fucking mind doing this with single issues. But I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me not to think about like what the experience of the reader is and how long you want to be able to what it feels like to pick Literally, what it feels like to pick up a You know, like that, I think that should be part of our consideration, which is hard when, you know, margins get smaller and smaller. It becomes like, let's print on shittier paper and give a worse cover, or, you know, and I'm just like, ah, that doesn't end up. <laughs> like, the long run, the fans just go like, "Yeah, I liked it." And then completely like, shat on me, basically. So I'm not, I'm not following that anymore. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, like I said, Sean, this is a uh, th- 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 this book is it- it- it's gonna be fire, as the kids say. Uh, they're 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 they're. I'm gonna sell the shit out of this book because I know it's gonna be good, and uh, I'm I may be saying that preemptively because I haven't read it yet. But I mean, at this point, your resume speaks for itself. Uh, studio movie studios are after you. They want to adapt your stuff. You know how to do something different, and that's the thing. Is the people's biggest complaint in comics is, oh, it's just rehash storytelling. Bullshit. Read Sean Lewis stories, and then go and try to find that story that happened 20 years ago, five years ago, 30 years ago. Try to find it. I I can't find it. Uh, so, I mean, shout out to you, dude. You, you just keep doing what you do. You keep making books and you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you're gonna go down as a legend. No doubt about it. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate a lot. I, I mean, it's huge what you do. It's huge. I mean, getting word out there and doing the podcast and talking to not only me, but fans and people in the stores. I mean, it's, it's massive. Like I said, all we have is each other. So like everything that everyone's doing, it's like, it's a good time to be thankful. Especially when everything feels like it's falling down. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we really should be thankful for, especially for what we have right now, because, I mean, they, they could say one thing, but that doesn't mean anything, as we've come to learn in the last few weeks. So, yeah, no, just be, be grateful for what we have now, and not just, I mean, I, obviously, in all things, not just comics, but uh, take a step back and kind of get tunnel vision on comics, because there's not a lot of people... Like I said, they're, they're, they're just casual, and they don't realize how much of an impact it really has on their lives, whether they realize it or not. You know, they wouldn't be wearing that fucking Endgame shirt if it wasn't for comic books. You know, they, they wouldn't have gone to their first Comic-Con to get Chris Evans' autograph for 150 bucks if it wasn't for comic books. So, yeah, no, it's uh, we, we, we just got to keep doing this and stick together and appreciate everything we have right now, so... Um, now, uh, since this uh, podcast, or since I last had you on this podcast, Sean, it has evolved just slightly. So now I do this little thing with uh, uh, creators just towards the end. It's rapid fire. It's supposed to be as oh, cool. thoughtless as possible. I'll try. Um, I know I talk a lot, so I'll try to simplify this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> just reactionary answers for the most part. Most sure. of them are pretty... Uh, white bread questions but at the same time in the comic book industry i i, th- I feel like these are things that fans would want to know okay. so instead of spending a whole lot of time on pretty basic questions i like to just bam uh throw them out there as quickly as possible so um I- i'll start out simple uh, what was the last comic you read um i've been reading pretty obsessively the immortal hulk the 
Run nice. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, the, it's why not? I mean, it's, it's it's a great series. It's definitely on my pull list. I've been uh, subscribed to all thirty some issues now. Yeah. They just said that it just it was kind of blatantly or not blatantly like uh, the opposite of blatantly uh, subtly announced that Owing or Ewing was going to end it at fifty or at least his run at fifty right. and then go over and do She Hulk. So that's uh-huh. awesome. Awesome, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, all right, cool. Mortal Hulk. See, I love I love to hear the creators read, man. There's so many out there that that really just say I don't have time, and I get it. I totally get it. But I mean, fuck, even <laughs> I, I I would still pick up something every once in a while. Yeah. So, a Mortal no, Hulk is good I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm always reading a new, one, at least one new and one older, like at all times. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, what what's the your favorite single issue in comics? I know this 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 is a tough question for a it's lot not, of people. Uh, like I I don't know the exact number of it. My favorite single issue, and the reason why I'm probably writing comics is there is a Chris, Chris Claremont issue of the X Men. It's a standalone. I think it's just after uh, Secret Wars. It's basically um, Peter has broken up with his girlfriend and goes out to a bar with Wolverine. They run into Juggernaut. I think it's like one, issue 183 or something like that. They run into Juggernaut. No one's in costume, and Colossus and Juggernaut have a fist fight in this bar, and Wolverine just lets it happen because he, he wanted to kick Colossus's ass anyway for, for breaking Kenny Pride's heart. Um, I, remember oh. when I, I remember getting that at the, convene, at the local drugstore in my town, going home, reading it, completely loving it and like returning to that book probably at least once a year every year like i, I still love that that issue's incredible i still love that's that's a damn fine answer man i like the fact that you had that on deck too you know what your answer is just like oh, i know what my answer issue. is every single time yeah, yeah it's, that's... It's, it's never changed it's it's always it's been my favorite issue since i was i think 12 years old that oh man that that's amazing and to say that that's why you're reading or you're writing comics now is that's uh... Chris Claire. I will say Chris Claremont's run. I mean, I grew up with Chris Claremont's run. Like he was on the book for so long that, like, I mean, I, I that run of, of X Men is just like imprinted. I mean, multiple issues. That one's a huge one for me, but it's just imprinted on my brain. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely legendary for sure. Um, I, I really, I like that answer. I like the fact that you could even say why. <laughs> um, who's the, the, the best hero in comics? And it doesn't have to, I mean, we're not talking Marvel and DC and all that. I mean, let's just, I can even simplify it and broaden it for that matter and say best an, uh, protagonist in comics. I mean, that's really, that one's really hard and it, it would bounce with my answer could change so much on different days. I know this is rapid fire. So <laughs> who's the best for me? It's a real battle between, especially in these times. I feel like it's a real battle between Spider-Man and Superman. Um, I, I loved both. I thought Superman was super lean until I got older and had a kid and started like, thinking about it and had these values and started reading some stuff like every and I read some of the great person's book, um, like an all-star Superman, and I suddenly was like, I fucking like Superman. Did this happen? Um, and Spider-Man, there's just like, you know what it is? Is Hayden? Hayden gave me a copy of a standalone issue that Chips of Darcy did 
and she's a game of life in Spider-Man and one of his fans dies in the shoes and like he did everything he could to help the kid it's just like really beautiful routine heroes I guess I'm really interested in that right now like in, in two years if it doesn't seem like it's on fucking fire maybe I won't be so looking for a, a hero who's actually just like 100% great it seems like right now like I think the most important hero that you have in the world uh, so yeah, that's where it is right now. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I mean, something like that, an answer, I mean, yeah. That, 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 that's, like I said, they seem like pretty straightforward questions, but they could be tough to answer because, yeah. But no, I, I fully agree. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't argue those in any way, shape, or form, especially uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, uh. if you asked me five years ago, Booster Gold would have been in the conversation. <laughs> hey, like, dude, and I would have accepted the shit out of that answer. Oh, I love. Too. I, I will say. I will always say. Like, I absolutely love, love, love Booster Gold immensely. I love the old Booster Gold. I just love the whole idea of like this hero who stole a ship at a museum and goes back in time. Unfortunately, I'm like, I feel like I'm living with Booster Gold right now in different <laughs> ways. So I don't want him to be the hero right now, but. That's why I just mean, like, a different time that I've been told that like, oh, he's, he's who I'm, I think about. Yeah, Spidey and Super would be welcome. <laughs> right on. Acceptable answers, fine answers. Uh, wh- what about uh, antagonists, man? What about villains? Who's, who's, the, who's the best villain in comics? You know, I always, always love Doom. I always love Doctor Doom. Um, he, he's definitely, I, I mean, in every, li- I think... Everybody's top three. Everybody's top cool, three. I mean, he's got a cool background. He's got the coolest fucking costume. You know, I had an uncle who lived with me when um, Secret Wars was happening, and like the power that he would take on, and how how powerful Doom really was, was something that I just thought was like. I just always like look at that mask. And like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like, yep. You know, like he's just uh, yeah, he's awesome. I love Doom. I think Doom's incredible. There's something about a great character design, man. It's yeah, it's. He's <laughs> uh, got a fucking castle, <laughs> it's, dude. He's got a country. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's, a that's, that's gangster. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so true. Oh shit. Um, and the the last question I have is something we kind of touched on uh, a little bit. We 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 were slightly kind of talking about crossovers, you know. Um, do you have a favorite crossover of all time, like a universe crossover? Um, with a with a different universe, or just with like a, an event? Oh, oh, and, and any any crossover. I mean, event wise, uh, the original Crisis on Infinite Earths was huge for me. I mean, nice. a lot of my answers are coming from when I was a kid, like books that I read. Like, so fucking blew my mind. And Crisis was the first time where I think it was the first time where I was really seeing death in a large scale and, and in a way that I was being empathetic to. Like that's some shit that I think in like schools we could use more of. But like I just remember being a kid, like I don't know that I really seen if I had I might have seen characters die in books before Crisis, but I definitely didn't see like entireties of them and like the real feeling of loss page by page where I, hmm. I was pretty young when I read that book and I just remember being like turning page by page and going like everyone's fucking dying <laughs> like like entire worlds are being destroyed by this guy and everyone's so sort of sad and then like 
how powerful that made the victory over the anti-monitor that it was just like that one still sticks out in my brain is like just such a such an amazing event also like the art is fucking incredible and marvel it's great like i mean there's oh, just yeah. so many people involved with it where it's just like of course it's great like everyone everyone's working on it it's like a pinnacle art uh, I, I love that. It's, it's to say that, you know, your answers go all the way back from the comics you were reading as a kid. Uh, people change their favorite colors twice a year. So to, to, to have your, your, th those books stick with you for that long, and then uh, to the point where they're influencing the, a career that you have on the same medium now, like that... That's solid stuff, man. I mean, that's that's stuff that you can't argue. You can't argue the power of comics after hearing that story. You just can't. No, I mean, um, most people. Uh, I, I just I remember way more about about each of those comics than probably any movie I've ever seen, and I love movies. I'm a huge movie buff. There's so many times where even movies I love, me and my wife would be talking about them in the kitchen, and both of us would be like. How does that end? I don't even know how that fucking ends. Like, right. You know, but there's comics where I'm like, I remember exact panels. You know, or I'm just like, I remember, you know, page 12, this happens. Like, um, and that, yeah, I can't think of many things where I have that. I personally have that, that kind of, um, you know, it's funny, we were talking about memory before, but memory. Yep. Uh, 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 it's an amazing thing, man. It's an amazing thing. Sean Lewis, you've been amazing, man. I, just, I, I look forward to part three. I, I love you're. I, <laughs> I'm always happy to talk to you. It's been fun. It's really fun. Oh, I, I've, I've had a blast with this. I really. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I was, I was talking to my girlfriend before this. I go, what do I ask somebody that you know? I've already asked them <laughs> most of these things. What is like, how's the last five months been? And I realized, like, wait. A lot's happened in five months. I think uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna be all right. So yeah, no, I was. <laughs> I, I'm glad we did this. I, I think this this was great. And you know, for what uh, you know, I'll say it again. You know, anybody that didn't listen to part one of Sean Lewis on the show, you know, that's that's where you're gonna learn where the career spawned from in more detail and all of that good stuff. Right now, we're just we're just hearing about how he's he's got the wor world by the coattails right now. He's just swinging it around. He's 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 doing well. And Sean, man, it's uh, uh I'm I'm honored to have you on the show a second time. I, I really yeah, am. Me too. And, me too, man. It's been a joy. Uh <laughs> yeah, the, the all mine. Um so Bliss is the book. Uh it's coming out soon from the time we air this podcast. Uh make sure that you pick up this book. Uh you're you're not gonna wanna miss out. I'm sure that you're just gonna if you just open it up and you see you see Caitlin's art and it's yeah, you're you, that's gonna be enough right there. But just know that once you start reading it, uh, you're you're gonna be into it, uh, and I, I say that preemptively, but with uh, <laughs> with a lot of uh, momentum behind behind my hypothesis. So, um, man, uh, thank you so much, Sean Lewis. I, uh, I I I look forward to picking up this book, and uh, you stay well, sir. You too, man. Thanks a lot. Right on. Cheers, man. Take care. All right, slurs. There you have it. Another creator has been cornered on the Cheers to Comics podcast. Sean Lewis is still just as swell as a guy as he was just a few months ago. As a matter of fact, he may even be more swole. Is that how that works? I don't know. I know there are some audio issues kind of throughout there as far as the connectivity goes. Gotta love internet conversations and Skype and Zoom and whatnot, but no, not really. 
But I did my best, and you know, I'm pretty sure you're able to get out 99% of what was said there. <laughs> but I, I really do hope you hung on to every single word, because I know I did. Sean, he's just—he's an awesome guy to listen talk or listen to talk, just as much as his comics are to read. So, um, yeah, that, that does that. I got to do a little bit of plug in here. Uh, I, I gotta—I I do auctions as well now. Cheers to Comics is now part of the. NSC Live TV Auction Action. Uh, find me on Tuesdays and most Thursdays, 9.30 p.m. I'm sorry, did I say Tuesdays? I mean Mondays. Mondays and most Thursdays at, I don't even know what time I go on. <laughs> 9.30 Mountain Time. Uh, and I do all types of awesome stuff, man. I really do. It's The show's growing amazingly tremendously awesomely it's uh <laughs> more and more people hopping in there so i suggest you do the same thing as well where do you find me just head on over to the cheers to comics facebook page like that and you'll be notified on all the live live videos that go up and i also share them in the cheers to comics facebook group which i also urge you to join uh there i create awesome group discussions that we further i further discuss uh, by myself, but to you guys on the podcast at certain times whenever I just so happen to pick and choose those conversations um, to be deserving of, yeah, that, that time. So it's all random as shit, so you never know. Also, leave reviews. I, I'll read your reviews randomly as shit as well. Uh, <laughs> Five-star reviews are greatly, greatly helpful as far as helping this podcast grow. So um, anywhere you could do it, Apple... Uh, pod chaser anywhere anywhere you can rate a podcast just leave that five star review and then uh tag me and let me know you did it and i'll make sure it's red because i don't always go back and read and update it sometimes i'll go a month without looking at them so yeah let me know you did it and it may just prompt me to shout your name out on the podcast also patreon patreon.com slash cheers to comics join the slurred army officially for as little as a dollar a month um, I, I put up uh, Creator Corner episodes early, often, uh, with all ads as well. And eventually, when I find there to be an eighth day in the week, I will get up those old buried first 18, 19 episodes that aren't available to the public. So if you want to listen to me and make a complete fool of myself and even go back in the day when I had a co-host, <laughs> imagine me with a co-host, uh... <laughs> Yeah, patreon.com. And the, I tell you what, the next, uh, give me a couple more patrons and I will put up five episodes. Oh yeah. Which five? I don't know. It's going to be random, but I'm going to put up five episodes that have been vaulted and buried. I may just unbury them and unlock the vault and see what happens. So show me some Patreon love. Uh, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. I hope you have enjoyed this interview with Sean Lewis. Please go out and pick up Bliss. I know at this point in time, uh, as as this day as this episode releases, is technically the final order cutoff date for Bliss. But uh, if you can put it on your pull list, you know maybe shops have ordered extra and you could still reserve yourself a copy. So, oh, get in on this book. I know I'm pumped for it. So. Uh, yeah, y'all slurs, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers.
Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.